0: This is the Authentic Entrepreneurs Podcast, with your host, Nick Foley and Stu Saunders. Here we go. This is what I got to say. All right. Uh, welcome to the Authentic Entrepreneurs. I'm going to go back and forth here until Nick says stop, and then we're going to get to the music we're going to start off the show with. Stop. Oh, little Beatles. The Beatles. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> is it the Beatles. I don't even know the song yeah. is. There's. I know every song on this <coughs> except for this one.
1: Except for the one song on
0: your shuffle. You know what this is? No idea. Wait. Wait for it. Oh. Um, she is now uh, the lead. She was lead singer. Well, is the lead singer of this, uh, but she's now married to that.
1: Oh, uh, married to that country singer.
0: Yeah. On the. Uh, What's Voice. her name? Gwen Stefani. Yeah, and the band was uh, her band was No Doubt. No Doubt. And the song the song was called Spiderwebs.
1: Yeah, it gets really good here at the end.
0: If you're watching online, Nick is uh, currently doing his, <laughs> doing his moves. Man, he's doing his moves. All right, here we go.
1: There was a young lady that uh, was in, went to my school. She Could did have had this as one. A... Oh, next time. Shh, shut it down. All right young lady went to my school, did spiderwebs as a lip sync, and she crushed it. 1997, that's so many years ago that was, and I remembered it. Anyway, Stu, big day today.
0: In 97, you were what, in grade 8?
1: No, I was in grade 11, I think, grade 12, grade 11 yeah. or 12. Anyway, this young lady. I've been, I've been married for three years.
0: <laughs> Different
1: age demographic, but we're the same maturity. Um, anyway, she did, a, she did a lip sync to spiderweb, and it was great. I remember it.
0: Cool. That's great. None yeah, no one of us know who she is. We weren't there. And not even say a relevant story. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's irrelevant. Uh, we story. can't. There's no video proof. <laughs> no. I could have just been making it up. Yeah. When I was in. No. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, so we're excited. Welcome back to another episode of the Authentic Entrepreneurs. I'm Stu Saunders. I am Nick Foley. And today we have an interview. We have a guest. A very excited. Guest. This. I love interview episodes. No. Yes. They
1: because they carry the episode. And actually, it's, it's funny.
0: True. Our yeah, our metrics would say that people also like our. Fair <laughs> enough. guests more than I'm beginning to is.
1: think that we're a bit of a required taste <laughs> actually
0: you know I found, I, was, I was saying to Nick uh, a couple weeks ago uh, that our number one listened to episode of all of our episodes was the one we did on routines yeah and protocols that's our number one listened to episode on iTunes
1: No oh, maybe we should you know circle back and do stuff that are similar yeah it was like it was like overwhelmingly want. downloaded yeah. it was yeah.
0: like hundreds and hundreds of downloads it's a
1: good episode I remember that episode yeah. well so, I mean we, we're, we're fanatical about our routines and it's a good thing. I think good people way. want routines too. Yeah, absolutely. I think
0: people are—they—they they strive to get you know the solutions to make things work better for them, which is great because um, this week we have a guest, as I said, and uh, it's a fellow Canuck. Yes, a Canadian. New book out. Uh, her book out is her book out. Her new <laughs> book out that is out is called "The Good Fight." The Good Fight. Here we are. Her the guest is boom. There she is, Leanne Davy. We are excited
1: to have Leanne today, Uh, her book, The Good Fight, Use Productive Conflict to Get Your Team and Organizations Back on Track, and I really think this topic is, it is so Against the norm, yep. you know what I mean? So often, uh, we talked about this in preparation with Leanne coming on the show today, but so often we are conditioned to stay away from conflict, You know, make yep. sure everything's okay, and make sure everybody's doing okay and feeling okay. And Leanne embraces it, says, no, this is good for your team. So I can't wait to, to lean into this episode because so she her, gives us some insight.
0: Yeah, and her book came out yesterday. Yes. So this is the day two of this book coming out. I actually listened to, on the way into the studio, I listened to um, uh, You First, which is her first New York Times bestseller, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to learn more from Leanne, and without further ado, um, please enjoy our wide-ranging uh, and... Uh, informative. Informative and, and mind-blowing. I do it was mind-blowing, but it was great. Yeah, mind-adding, mind that's for sure. And I think if you are wondering, should I listen to this? If you have a, a small company or a big company, and you want to build a good team or make your team even better, this is the one that helped help you increase the your team.
1: Yes, absolutely. I, you'll, you'll notice in the episode, uh, we both take a lot of notes because we have teams yeah. and we want to make sure that the, we're getting the most out of them. And Leanne is a wealth of knowledge when it comes
0: to this kind of stuff. So uh, let's enjoy our talk with Leanne Davey. All right, we are pumped up today because we have a fellow Canuck with us. Uh, today. And we, we have not a lot of Canadians on the show, actually. We have Leanne Davy Leanne here today, who is uh, the author of
1: The Good Fight and several books, but uh, The Good Fight, which comes out as we were recording this. So came out yesterday. Came out yesterday, actually, right? Came out yesterday, Tuesday. yeah. Came sure out yesterday. did, yep. So congratulations. Uh, can you talk us a little bit about what The Good Fight's about, Leanne?
2: <laughs> Yeah. So The Good Fight is two books in one. So it's a book about how to use conflict more productively to create better organizations, better relationships. But I say it's two books in one because it's for people like me who hate conflict, <laughs> conflict avoidant people. And it's it's really a book that helps you realize that some things are worth fighting for. So That's sort of one version of it. But the other version of it is for the people who are a little too comfy having conflict and maybe need the good part of good fight, need how to learn to fight in a way that is more productive, more constructive, and a little less hurtful. So two books in one, but all about how to use healthier conflict to improve your organization and your relationships.
1: Well, you have an extraordinary background, and can you, can you share with our listeners a little bit about your background and then how you came to, to come up with the concept of of good conflict and why
0: conflict is important and, for the success of businesses and such? And before you do that, Leanne, I just should say, you have your PhD.
2: Now they're going to think I'm, a, now they're going to know I'm a nerd.
0: <laughs> right? uh, okay,
2: I was going to admit it anyway. Yeah, I'm so, gonna admit it. so yeah, you, I'm a Should we call nerd. you doctor,
0: though? Should we call you doctor, Davey? Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. just wanna um, make, Just want to make sure. <laughs>
2: Um, so, uh, I actually started out really, really interested in actually the truth of it is, um, and other Canucks will know this. There used to be a TV show when I was a little kid called the polka dot door and they used to do tours of factories. And that was my favorite thing. And that's when I got really into business. I just didn't have a mind for engineering. So I got really into what I call the machinery of the modern organization, which is the team. And so when I did that PhD, it was very cool because I got to have one advisor in psychology and one in engineering. And we studied how the team dynamics affect innovation. It was very cool. And I've spent the last 25 years really focused on how do we change how the human beings interact to improve productivity, innovation, all those sorts of outcomes, while making work um, a, a better part of all of our lives. So. Um, I've been in consulting for 20 years now and four years ago my husband and I started our own firm, so I've been an entrepreneur for four years as well. Um, But I just think I I have the best job in the world. It's such a pleasure and a privilege to have people trust you to help you through dysfunction and help you through some of the messy people stuff that that happens on teams.
0: Two questions for you um, to kind of build off of that. When you were in... uh... Entering your your grade twelve year, or for our American listeners, your twelfth grade year, yeah. um, what was uh, what what did you want to do? What did you think you wanted to do when you were a doctor. senior in high school? Doctor. Doctor. Yeah. Medical doctor. And
2: then I met first year calculus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not it good. wasn't so pretty. Uh, Um, Yeah, I wanted to be a doctor. And And now I think, what was I thinking? Like it would never have been a fit. So I flunked calculus in first year university. And I'm really stubborn. And so I decided I was going to take it again in second year, but I had to kind of get into a holding pattern while I took it the second time. And so I took this course uh, to just as a filler called organizational psychology. And yeah, 30 years later, It's been my whole life. So, you know, I think that's such an important thing. And I have a daughter going into 12th grade next year. So uh, I try and say, you know, sometimes it's your biggest um, mistakes and bombs and failures that turn into the biggest opportunities in your life. Don't be afraid of them.
0: Yeah, 100%. That's, you know, I think we we actually, we're making a movie right now about choices that kids make uh, after high school. Um, yeah. And a lot of you, you know youth, they have to realize that it's going to change. It's very, it's very fluid what you're going to do. But we won't get into yeah. that. Your first book you wrote, um, I believe it's your first book, was You First? That was my second book. Your second yes, book, sorry. You First, yep. But You First was a New York Times bestseller. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: I, I, I've, I've listened to the, the, the book. Um, I, I love listening to books, so I love—I listened to your, your book. What's the difference, what was the growth between You First and the good fight, like, because the 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 U First is a lot about that team dynamic, yeah. and and you know you talk all about the different types of teams, different types of, of, that's um, um, where I'm looking for it, Nick. You know, uh, can I, like all the dysfunction and like, how they
2: go toxic. Yeah, the yeah. About toxic teams in, in that book. So
0: what, where, where's the growth from that book to this book for you? Like, what what it was you learn? It was actually
2: I would call it depth. So I, I did one chapter in You First about productive conflict. And I think just writing about that liberated people to talk to me about it. And they started telling me, you know, I, I, I know that stuff's so important, um, I'm terrible at it, I don't like it. And so this book was really the answer to that. And I always say it was the answer to that for, for the readers of you first, it was the answer to that for my clients, but most importantly, it was the answer to that for me because I am the conflict avoidant person that I wrote this book for. So I was the first reader of the book. (laughs) (laughs) was like, okay, Leanne, are you doing this yourself? Because this is for you. So it was really depth around understanding that the most common root of team dysfunction is conflict aversion, inability to have conflict well. So I wanted to go deeper.
1: So, in one of the like one of your articles that you wrote and you I've heard you say this before written, like written this before was um, you should be comfortable being uncomfortable and I really yeah. thought that was a really really stood out to me and I think I don't know if it was in the Harvard Bivis review I read this or I know that you're a contributor to, but I, it really stood out to me. can you explain what that term means as as it applies to like entrepreneur how and how you can apply it to entrepreneurship?
2: okay l- let me use a metaphor first and then we'll come back to entrepreneurship so um I, I, conflict is so uncomfortable for me. I hate it. My palms sweat, I feel nauseous, and so I don't do it. And I didn't have the epiphany until five years ago when I used to have the same reaction about fitness. I hate going to the gym. I really hate it. It like same kind of reaction. Um, and, and I realized that I was getting a sore back trying to facilitate all day or standing in line at Disney World with my kids. And I realized my lack of fitness was making my life pretty uncomfortable. And so I started going to the gym and I started doing an ab workout three times a week, like plank and all that disgusting (laughs) stuff. And plank is really uncomfortable. And I was doing it three times a week for 10 minutes and I was like, uh, this is still uncomfortable. A year later, it was still uncomfortable. And finally I had the epiphany, yeah, it doesn't get comfortable. Yeah. It's always, if you're doing it right, it's always going to be uncomfortable, but you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I had this epiphany about my fitness aversion, and then I was like, oh, you moron. It's the same thing with conflict, because what happened over time was as my core got stronger, I could facilitate all day and not get uncomfortable. I could stand in a line, and I realized that 30 minutes a week of being uncomfortable Meant the whole rest of the week being more comfortable. And that's what's true with conflict at in relationships or at work. If I take, you know, 10 minutes to give somebody some feedback that was uncomfortable to give, um, it makes our whole relationship better. If I point out an, an issue or a risk in one of our plans, so we don't, you know, implement a plan that's, you know, gonna fail, well, that makes my whole life better. So it was getting to that point of saying we're not supposed to get to the point where giving somebody constructive feedback is ever comfortable, or you know, exposing a gap in a plan is comfortable. It's not gonna get comfortable. Instead, we just have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And so it was this silly epiphany I had in my Lulu's
1: I <laughs> love it though so how could like how, how does it how could we apply that like for say young entrepreneurs that are starting a business because as you know I mean you've been a business owner for several years and as yeah. Stu and I have either there's the you have so many uncomfortable moments and a lot yes. of the times I hear like from younger entrepreneurs like oh it was just so hard I had to go get something do something else you know so how could what quit. Is, yeah so what are some of the things that we could you know how can we take that and apply that to entrepreneurship
2: so, the way I see it with young entrepreneurs the most, I was at uh, the University of Toronto a couple of weeks ago um talking to forty seven uh graduating students, amazing amazing students and something came up about networking and There was a student on the panel with me a former student she she was two years out and and she was telling them, i said, "Look, I've never, in twenty years of being a manager, hired somebody from you know just getting a resume cold." Yeah. It's always been that they've come in through networking. or, and, and she just went straight to, well, I went only through LinkedIn and, and that's what I And I said, you know what? You gotta make relationships. You gotta talk to people. You gotta reach out to people. And people are fantastic when you do. And it was so interesting because she just made it clear that she wasn't comfortable mm-hmm. with that discomfort. of of reaching out to somebody saying, look, I'm getting a PhD from the University of Toronto. This is an incredibly smart, talented, capable person. And she wasn't willing to reach out to someone and and ask for some advice or ask for an informational interview. So I would say the first thing is a lot of our discomfort comes from asking something of others. And we get intimidated by successful people. And my experience is successful people are the really generous ones. They're amazing. It's one of the reasons they're successful. So that would be a great one. You know, ask for advice, um, you know, just reach out, connect with real people. It's relationships that will make the difference. That's one of them. Um, I guess the other thing that I see with a lot of entrepreneurs is people with that entrepreneurial spirit are not very good at deciding what not to do. <laughs> they got a million ideas. So, you know, I've got this business where I'm building uh, online learning programs and I've just started a beard oil company. You're like <laughs> online learning and beard oil. Yeah. Okay, I see it. I see one it. option is to pick one of those, right? So um, I guess that would be the other one. The really uncomfortable thing is take an idea you love and choose not to pursue it. So this might be a couple early entrepreneurial uncomfortable things that will make you so much more successful. Great
0: insight, great insight. Um, I have a question, I'm gonna go a little entrepreneurial as well on you, but another question for you because you, you do talk a lot about team dynamics and building a good team and a, and a, and a working, what's, What's one of the things you see the biggest mistakes when a someone who's starting a company or building a company makes when building a team? What, what are some of the things they should do or shouldn't do when building out a team?
2: Yeah, so because we're conflict avoidant, we like to build out teams that are uh, very similar to us, where it's going to be easy and frictionless, and Right. Um, and you know, we found people who are from our tribe, and they're our peeps, and they, right? Yeah. And, and we hire those people, and um, and you know, diversity of thought is absolutely mission critical to building out a great team, and so that's a big one. Um, another thing that we avoid doing because we don't like discomfort and we don't like conflict is we bring people in in the first round, um, and they're amazing people, and we love them, and we're loyal to them and we don't make the tough calls that those people that got us to the first stage won't get us to the second stage. So we just promote them and the rising tide lifts all boats of these people uh, and yet, you know, some of those people were great in their original roles and, and will not serve you well in, uh, you know, higher or different roles. So That's another one. So it's just so important. Life will get better. Because if you promote somebody past the point at which they can be successful, it will be miserable for them, not just you. And then you're into a really ugly conflict, then you probably have to, you know, terminate them at some stage, instead of just having had frank conversations and kept them in roles that they could be really successful. So a couple of big team problems.
0: One of the things I remember, a great quote I heard once, I, may, I don't know if I said it, I may have made it up, <laughs> but um, was- She says so much, right? I, I do, I, I tell you. I got
2: this great quote. Oh, yeah. wait, that was Wait, me. I said it that. It may <laughs> have been me, but I
0: don't know if it was or not, Leanne. We're all speakers, right? And we speak a lot, so. Um, but uh, the peop- um, sometimes the people who got you where, got you to where you are may yeah. not be the people that get you to where you need to go, right? Is exactly. That, yeah, so they got you to where you are, but yeah. they may not help you get to where you want to go. And I think that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point you just made there, about making sure that you can adapt and move on. And yeah. How does conflict, you know, so speaking in, in the team realm, how does conflict avoidance, how is that a deterrent for
1: like for business then? You know what I mean? Because so often we'll have these, like, you know, we're, we're bred almost to be like, you know, avoid conflict at all costs. And you use the term conflict avoidance in one of your articles. And I was curious, like, it's such a, you know, we understand what conflict avoidance is. I'm sure everybody listening understands what it is. But how is that such a deterrent, do you think, in, in, in business? Okay, in three
2: levels. So first level for the organization, um, the number one conflict debt, that's what I call it, conflict debt, when we avoid a conflict we need to have that we get into is if we're not willing to have conflict, we can't prioritize. Mm so we need to make hard trade-offs of where our resources go where our time goes and if we can't fight about which bid is more important is this a quarter where we need to double down on marketing and do less on sales or vice versa um so businesses that don't know how to have conflict or choose not to have conflict don't prioritize well um secondly they don't innovate well because it's all the sparks that come from conflict that generate great new ideas Third, businesses that don't do conflict well tend to not identify and mitigate risk. They leave risks in the because there's groupthink, right? Uh, everybody's just like, uh huh, uh huh, that's a great idea. Um, uh, Stu, you you listened to you first. You read about the bobble team, the bobblehead yeah, bobble team, heads. right? They're like, yeah. uh huh, uh huh. <sighs> yeah. um, so I always say, if your team sounds like family feud, where when someone says something, everyone else goes, ah, good answer, good <laughs> answer, then you have a conflict aversion problem and family you're, you're going to have risks. So big, big, big uh, issues in a business that doesn't like conflict. And that's only at the organizational level. At the team level, it's unfair workload allocation. It's not keeping up or giving feedback to people whose skills are out of date. At the personal level, it's putting up with, you know, not being valued or recognized. So it's just a, a huge endemic problem. If we don't like conflict, our organizations suffer, our teams suffer, and and we suffer.
0: It's very true.
1: No, oh, yeah, I'm just, I was writing all this down. I think I got it all, so thank you. It's such a great insight. So uh, can you explain? So I know that you just did uh, sorry, you have no, a No, you have
0: a lot of. I'm looking at your thing. You've got 19 questions. I know, and
1: I, we won't keep you for very much longer. I promise. But I could probably we could probably do a Andi, I mean, like look, part I'm looking 2 at,
0: I'm looking at my five questions, and you have 19 <laughs> questions. I just
1: I, I I just love you. I don't know. I just you know, it's one of those <laughs> things. But you explained. You said um, conflict debt. So you said that just you you kind of explained it as you know, conflict avoidance and that's a deterrent. But if you were to explain con- conflict debt in like one sentence so that our listeners be like, oh, okay, this is conflict debt. What, what would be the best way to explain it or to define it?
2: Yeah, the pileup of issues your organization needs you to address that you are leaving unspoken and unresolved. Love just it. like, you know, when you get debt on your credit card, right? And there's all this stuff you got to pay for and you just keep letting it pile up and you promise yourself you're going to pay it off, but you just let it rack up compound interest, and there's there's huge compounding interest on conflict debt, right? Uh, trust erodes between people, um, burnout comes if we don't set priorities. So it racks up interest uh, just like any other kind of debt. Right. It's just really it debilitating.
0: Yeah, continues to grow. Go ahead. Um, so this book, your new book, The Good Fight, um, it's also a TV show, isn't it?
2: Fight? yeah i found that out later i need to watch more television <laughs> no you don't no you don't, <laughs> no, you don't. that's no, how no, you, you don't. write three books is you don't watch much tv and <laughs> exactly. you learn later after it's on amazon that oh whoops
0: yeah no I well d- if it's any
1: consolation i never heard of the tv so i you first i
0: heard of it was a the book the well book. i only heard about it because my wife watches the good fight and she goes is that did she write the tv show <laughs> um anyway um the book it, you're excited about I, I i've watched the whole process i we you know nick and i we talked to you back in september Uh, When you were putting it together and and you really you're why you so like what do you what do you hope happens from this book? What do you hope is the result of people reading this book?
2: Yeah, you know what I was at actually at a conference in Scottsdale last week where they made us do a visioning statement And they made us like boldly proclaim to the world and my statement Which just even makes my palms sweat saying it was that I'm gonna liberate a hundred thousand people this year from the jail they're in because they aren't fighting for what's worth fighting for. Probably. So if this book, if these ideas, if these articles, if this podcast could get to people who are, have constrained themselves, have limited themselves, are, are in relationships that aren't as good as they could be because they're afraid of conflict, if this book could give them um, the courage, the confidence, and the concrete tools to pay down that conflict debt, I'm a happy, happy camper. That's what it's really about for me. And, and I put that crazy 100,000 number on it because I got to keep myself moving. But um, that's what it's about. And every time somebody comes to me and they say, you know what? I was taught that having conflict wasn't nice. You know, somebody who had a grandma that said, if you can't see anything nice, don't <laughs> see anything at all. And, and, you know, then they say to me, I've been in conflict debt my whole life. And I finally had a conversation with my kid, with my partner, with my boss that I needed to have. Oh, you should see me light up. It's, mm-hmm. it's the greatest privilege in the world when, when you can sort of free somebody from uh, the constraints that their conflict aversion has created.
0: I think, I think with, the, with the way you, you're passionately um, describing this mission of yours that you're on, I, I don't doubt you'll do it. Um, I remember seeing your your first copy come to you at your home. Uh, you posted about that. And I just your excitement was just so like I could feel it through the computer screen. You know, yeah, you just, yeah. So...
2: It's um the the line that's really stuck with me. And, and so is is that conflict is a natural part of healthy relationships and a critical defense against unhealthy ones. So one of the other conflict-avoidant voices I talk about is is when we were kids and we learned mind your own business. And we were told if the fight on the playground doesn't involve you, don't say anything. Don't get involved, mind your own business. And now I ask myself, how much of the Me Too predatory behavior wouldn't have happened if a few less people had minded their own business? So for me, this gets to this gut level. It was actually an article I wrote about Harvey Weinstein, which is how I I found my publisher. She found me. Um, Jesse from page two strategies found the article I wrote about um, Harvey Weinstein and that's when I got really passionate about this we have to see conflict as a natural part of healthy relationships and a critical defense against unhealthy ones there are things that are worth fighting for
1: yeah I you know There's it I, I feel like people use the game the term game changer. They throw it around loosely. But in this term, like I, I honestly, on everything that you're talking about, you're such a game changer, and I think this book is going to be an ad addition to the other game changer book that you wrote as well. So, so congratulations. Amazing. Amazing. Just Thank one. Thank
2: you so much, Nick.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. One quick question. I know we got to wrap that. We're, we're trying to be I'm try... we're worthy of your time. You're speaking tonight, aren't you? I feel like. like I... Book
2: launch tonight. Yeah. Woo-hoo!
1: Yeah. So there's a lot going on. Okay. Last question. How do I open the dialogue um, to have this, this kind of conflict? Like what are some best practices that someone could, you know, use to open up the dialogue? You're having that uncomfortable conversation. And, and, you know, but you're not really sure how to start. Is there any way, is there any like in your easy, easier or or easy, but any better, good, best practices that Mm -hmm. we could use to open the dialogue up?
2: Yeah, let me let me give you a quick one. So um, imagine a scenario where somebody says something to you that you react to that you don't like in some way. And, And our default knee jerk reaction is either to contradict them or to just start talking about our perspective, which is the opposite. So in that situation, they've just said something that you're like, what? What you wanna do is um, validate them. And it's, it's the absolute opposite of what your, <laughs> your default reaction is. So validate them. Uh, and you do that by doing a couple of things. So you can comment strictly on uh, what they said. The fact that they said it, you can say, wow, it took guts to put that on the table. I respect that, you can say that. You could just paraphrase what they said. You know, for you, um, we're spending, we're burning too much cash too early in the business on marketing. You could say that. Or you could, you know, share their perspective. So, yeah, you're, you know, you're the supply chain person. So you think this is the most important thing. So validate them. It's amazing. You'll physically see their shoulders go down two inches because they'll be like, did you just listen to me? (laughs) It'll be shocking. Second thing you do is then you ask a great open-ended question to show that you're curious, that you want to know more. So something like, you know, what's beneath that for you? What leads you to say that? And and once you've explored their point of view, so you always want to open conflict from their point of view, diving into theirs, then you can pivot. Then you can say, you know, I'm so glad you shared that with me because it's it's completely different from how I'm seeing the issue. You know, I don't come at this from supply chain, I come at this from marketing and, you know, I'm seeing this as a good thing and I'm excited about this. So, and what happens is if you do that version, validate, question, pivot, the way humans work is we're actually wired for reciprocity. So if you've leaned in and listened to them and reflected back what they said and all those sorts of things, what we do as humans is we we give that back. So they're much more likely to listen to you. And all of a sudden what you find is you're like, okay, Leanne, I was ready for a fight, but it didn't turn into a fight. And it won't. What it'll be is it'll turn into problem solving. And you'll problem solve as allies instead of fighting as adversaries. So that's, I want you to use that at home. So if if your partner comes in the door and goes, I had the worst day. And you want to say, oh, you think you had a bad day, which I hear about my day. (laughs) Instead of doing that, Go, you did, what happened? And when they say, oh, you know, it was, uh, you know, we had two fire drills in the same day. Somebody pulled the fire alarm and I had so much to do. You go, oh man, I know you told me this morning how busy you were. That sucks. Lean into what they're talking about. And then you go, must have been a full moon because wait till you hear what happened on my day and you can just feel for yourself how different that is. When you lean into their experience first, and then you say, me too, the response is absolutely gonna be different. You're gonna have a much better dinner, maybe even a little fun after dinner, uh, (laughs) that you wouldn't get if it had just been like, you think your day was bad, wait till you hear about mine. So validate, ask a question, pivot rather than try secret sauce
0: love it that's perfect i guess it's rather than trying to top the story it's it's be part of the story yes Yeah. yes dialogue Um, not monologue
2: one of the um uh sort of instagram shareable quotes that i uh that i use for this is you, you can't communicate to people. You can only communicate with them. Communicate in Latin means to make common and you cannot make common with another person if only you are talking. So communicate with people, not to them.
0: You okay. said um, at, back at the beginning of our chat, you said um, that you fear or dislike, horribly dislike conflict personally. Um, I'm the same person. I have been known to make really dumb business decisions so I don't upset people. Yeah. Um, so through the process of, of your books you've written and currently your, your new book, are you less terrified of conflict?
2: Um, so I, I use two different words. I'm not really less conflict averse right. because I think that's how you and I are wired. It's cause we're nice. I think that's I, I think, why. Yeah. Um, at least you are, (laughs) but I'm not less conflict averse, but I am absolutely 100% less conflict avoidant because I refuse to get in conflict debt now. I've cut up my conflict credit card. Um, I I just refuse because I know uh, I can't afford it, right? So um, I'm no less conflict averse. I still don't like doing plank, but now uh, I do exercise and I do have conflict.
0: Right. It's a great way to end. Uh, well, I have, we, I, we, I wanted to add this to the podcast, actually. Nick. Three quick questions at the end of each podcast of our guests. Um, and you ready for them? You're the first one to I'm actually ready. answer these. I think I'm ready. You're time. the first time to actually hear
1: these because I didn't even know he was throwing this in. You could probably tell. But if you're watching back, you see my face. I'm like, okay. Uh,
2: I'll help <laughs> you have the conflict with him about it later. Yeah,
0: <laughs> thank you. It's just so that we, we've kind of we've alluded to them, but I want to ask the same three questions. Okay. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
2: Uh, you can have it all. You just can't have it all on Tuesday.
0: Say that up one more time, please.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so my mentor, Terry, she told me from 20 years ago as a woman who wanted to write books and change the world and have kids and be a tap dancer, she told me, you can have it all. You just can't have it all on Tuesday. And so it helped me to think about work-life balance, not in a single day, Mm -hmm. Um, but instead to think of it even over a lifetime. And, um, you know, there were things in my 30s when I was raising two young kids that I couldn't do. And uh, that was okay, because I I am gonna have it all. I am having it all, Um, but I've spread it out. So I didn't try and put it all on Tuesday.
0: Love it, that's great. What is the best piece of advice that you've given someone, do you think?
2: Some things are worth fighting for.
0: Yeah. Um, And then finally, what would you tell your grade 12 self now if you go back to that first day of senior year in high school? What would you tell yourself? What advice would you give yourself or anything like that?
2: (laughs) That's where I get very emotional. Um, I'd tell her the things she wouldn't believe, right? Which is, um, it's your... It is your nerdy passion that makes you beautiful. And um, in grade 12, it meant all the boys wanted to copy my homework and not invite me to prom. Um, but now all the cool boys, uh, the the awesome men, um, think I'm beautiful now, because I am smart and I'm interesting and I'm passionate and I'm joyful. And um, I never would have believed myself if I'd had my DeLorean time machine back then, <laughs> but um, I would try, hoping that the message would get through.
0: Well, you are awesome, and you are smart, and you are beautiful. And we we love that you're on the show.
2: Oh, what a privilege to be here! I have had such fun talking with you guys.
0: Okay. Um, people get a hold of you how?
2: Uh, Leanneav.com. So. Uh, the good news is it was easy to get the URL. That's because the spelling's impossible. Yeah, you only so have one N, not two. L I A N dot Y.com. They can find me. They can find the stuff about the book. They can find a whole bunch of free tools, uh, you know, fun tools for stopping passive aggressiveness on your team and a whole variety of different things. So, Plus it comes straight into my email inbox. If anybody has a question or wants to share a story of paying off a conflict debt, I would absolutely love that.
0: Perfect. Um, good luck with the book. Thank you. I know it's going to be a success. Oh, absolutely.
1: 100% success. No question about it. No question about it. Yeah. Final thoughts, Nick? No, thank you so much. We're really humbled by your presence, and It was so great having you on. You're, you're such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this, so many topics. So thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much, guys, Stu, Nick. Thanks.
0: Have a Keep up the good fight. All right. So, uh, gosh, Leanne Davy,
1: just a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. Like I'm just like the the amount of in depth you went to with, with what, like with conflict and and why conflict is important. What it really resonated with me was the different levels, you know, how you can prioritize, innovate and, um, uh, like not take risk you know mitigate not not mitigate risk. I just yeah. thought that was so you, you know what it, yeah what it all comes comes down to is conflict not wanting conflict debt I just thought that was so
0: conflict great. debt was a pretty cool way, way of looking at it um, mm-hmm. that, you know the debt goes bigger because you get you know all the different things happen because of because of not dealing with it and I also thought for me it was when she talked about how she herself hates conflict yeah. Yeah. And I saw myself in that because I, I'm a, not a big fan of conflict, right? Yeah. I, I will say that I used to have a T-shirt that said, um, on the front it said, I hate conflict. Mm-hmm. And the back said, don't ask me yeah. about it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's
1: true. Well, um, and then what she said, like, I'd rather, I'd, uh, we should problem solve as allies, not as adversaries. I thought mm-hmm. that was just so often when you get into the, you're having that difficult conversation, right? You get your back up and she gave she gave our listeners, you
0: know, real practical, pragmatic approaches to letting people, you know, one of the 70s. things about that too is is you know I, she was very sincere and and like genuinely enthusiastic about you could tell yeah. about what she's what she's what she's teaching her yeah. her passion it's her passion project exactly she knows exactly what she wants to do and how she's going like to do like she it. get ex- she would get excited and then, you as know, you and do with yours
1: and what I do with mine right yeah and i know. think
0: with an entrepreneur if you're not excited about yeah. what you're doing you shouldn't be doing it and i love that i love that like you yeah. know you're you
1: you do you're got a beard cream and you are on online court like yeah. which one I is i loved it? it right like yeah. you know and having the courage to not necessarily pursue what you love yeah. You know, when it comes to that kind of thing. so, uh, I think our listeners are gonna they're, they're gonna walk away. Yeah, you know, walk away from this episode uh, feeling very enriched by what Leanne Davy offered today.
0: And I would I'd, I'd recommend you know like get her get her book. It's on Amazon. Uh, it's in chapters, uh, Indigo, Barnes and Noble, wherever, you're, I wherever you wherever you buy books. it's Yeah, there. it's there. Um, I, I would strongly encourage getting it. I'd also encourage if you don't want to if you're not like oh Nick you're not a big like you like to listen to books. I, yeah. I'm getting you've actually encouraged me. This is my Current books I'm listening to right now, Mm -hmm. Um, but I would encourage you to get her first book to you first, Um, and I think that's. Oh, there's. uh, I would encourage that too because that's really if you're starting a business and you're building a team out. This is a it's a great book about identifying different team structures. Yeah, the bobblehead she talked about where everyone agrees with you no matter what, and there's another one called the crisis team, which is like they only really work well in this crisis, without crisis they can't work well together. Yeah, whatever, but like it's really. it's, it's, she's really great and yeah. and uh, I'm proud that she's uh she's from our country of Canada well, like I'm, all like all of our guests we yeah. have far more Americans on the show than we do Canadians but but I, I think she's just she's a, just a dynamo and
1: and just uh, and, yeah and just a wonderful person to boot all that and she's personable and friendly and, and a friend of ours yeah
0: so. Um, and so next week we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, awesome core competencies next week yes what you should do, how you, how you should auto, uh, um, automate, automate, and and
1: um, how that make it pushes your business forward. Delegate, and delegate, and yes, it's gonna be an interesting investigate. Should be an interesting episode. Looking forward yeah. to. it.
0: So join us next week for another episode of the Authentic Entrepreneur. But don't forget uh, to always, we would love you to subscribe.
1: Follow and uh, and rate. We, we, we need you to. We want you to. We, we would love you to. Build our community. Yes, build our community because we're doing this for you. And uh, we're doing it for us and, and the knowledge. But we're, we're excited to have you as part of our community. So yeah, thank we're you. available
0: on uh, YouTube and iTunes. And Spotify. And everywhere else you get a, basically you can get a podcast, we're, we're there. And uh, if you haven't checked out the theepiccommunity.com, you only have a week left to do it. So the theepiccommunity.com, still a few spots available. Come on out. Stew40 is the code to use. Uh, Until we uh, talk next time, keep Being being authentic. Peace out.